Shalom and welcome to this very special edition of Ezra International's It's All About the Aliyah. This is a special edition because we're going to focus completely on Yom HaShoah, or better known as Holocaust Remembrance Day. The day or the time when six million Jewish people were slaughtered simply for the crime of being Jewish. And we're here to say at Ezra International that we can do something about it. We can make never again a reality and not just a slogan. That's right, we will never forget. Could you imagine if there had been an Ezra International and donors like you who had been around in the 30s and 40s? What a difference we could have made in getting Jewish people out of Europe and out of Nazi Germany. But there, there was no Ezra International back then and there was only a handful of righteous Gentiles who had the courage, who risked it all, to save the lives of Jewish people. Not nearly enough, obviously. You know, I've been a Israel advocate, a Jew, Jewish Israel advocate for many years, and I can think of no better way to help Jewish people and to make never again uh, a reality than to get them get Jewish people out of harm's way get them out of these notoriously anti-semitic countries that they're living in currently you know last season I did in a complete episode regarding the events that happened at Babiar uh, I incorporated my own testimony the things that uh, happened to me as a child and as I grew up and and became an adult how those experiences intertwined uh, with this place called Babiar. But I also told the story of the, one of the sole survivors of, of the, that, the horrific events that occurred at Babiar. You can find that episode on Israel TV Network. It's all about the Aliyah. Uh, it's called Babiar, appropriately. Um, you can go there, and I... I uh, implore you to go and watch that episode as well as watching this one. Um, but now I'm going to show uh, an episode of or a, a video that was made by uh, our, our friends and uh, co-workers in Ukraine uh, at Babiar. And uh, I think that um, it's compelling and I want to share it with you now. Every year, on September 29, in Kyiv, 
the capital of Ukraine, many people come to this place. Modern youth, elderly people, people of different nationalities and religions. They come together to honor the memory and to remind the world of the terrible tragedy that took place in Kyiv during the Second World War. After the retreat of the Soviet troops, hundreds of thousands of inhabitants remained in the city destroyed and occupied by the Nazis. 2,000 announcements were posted in Kyiv early in the morning on September 28. All Yids of the city of Kyiv and its neighborhoods should appear on Monday, September 29, 1941, at 8 o'clock in the morning at the corner of Melnikova and Dikterevska streets. Take with you your documents, money and valuables, as well as warm clothes, lingerie and more. If any of the Yids do not comply with this order and will be found elsewhere, they will be shot. The day after the announcement, thousands of Jews reached the specified address. None of these people suspected what fate was destined for them. This is the place of the greatest crime of the 20th century. It is known in the world as Babi Yar. Here, on the outskirts of the city, over 100,000 people, most of whom were Jews, were executed by fascists. Every year, on September 29, thousands of people take this walk of grief to honor the memory of the innocent victims. People come to this memorial park every day. I love to come here, to come in order to reflect on the meaning of life on the value of each day of our lives. This place is saturated with tears and blood. Roman Kurniko is the director of a Christian orphanage, Father's House. Roman's grandfather was awarded the title Righteous Among the Nations. This is the name of people who, at risk of their own lives, saved Jews from Nazi persecution. During the war, Roman's grandfather hid five Jewish children in his home, risking being shot along with his large family. Hundreds of thousands of people came here, and among them were many children. And look, here is one story about two little girls. None of them thought that their life could end so tragically. Dad and mom dreamed about their children the way we dream about you, thinking about who you will become and what could be changed in this world thanks to you. When the war began, the father of these girls went to the front. Mom worked in a hospital that was transferred behind the front lines to another city. And the girls did not know that their parents were in the army. They wrote letters to their parents. Dear Mommy, what are you doing there? How are you, Mommy? Dear Mommy, I kiss you tight. How do you like your city? Do you feel good there? Grandpa set up a desk for me. I am very pleased with it. Is it cold or warm there, Mommy? It is warm here. Auntie Bert and I had a walk at the Golden Gate Garden. 
Every day we drink two teaspoons of fish oil. We don't go to kindergarten. Stay healthy, kissy tight, Polya. The girl's mother could read these letters only after the war, when she returned from the front to liberated Kiev. These letters were kept by their neighbor. Six-year-old Malvina and five-year-old Polina and their grandparents were shot at Babi Yar. Can you imagine? They were only five and six years old. Look at them. They are so beautiful, smiling. They look so happy here. They are such sweethearts. It's hard to believe that someone could raise his hand to them. And still, they couldn't see their mom. These children have not seen life yet. And this thought, it just blows your mind. Brains cannot accommodate this. Several thousand children, just like Polina and Malvina, were shot in Babiyar. So many children were murdered here. So many destinies were destroyed here. They could have changed the world and become outstanding doctors, scientists, politicians, who could have saved others. But they were mercilessly killed. A lot of dreams and hopes were buried here. And it hurts to think about it. Many other children could have been born from these kids. There could have been so many good, beautiful families. But there weren't. All of this possibility was cruelly killed in the bud. This toy symbolizes a lost childhood. We bought this truck and want to leave it here and put flowers in reverence. A nation that has no memory has no future. Dear Mommy, we were at the cinema. The film Thunderstorm was sad and I didn't like it. Grandmother promised us that she would go to the circus with us if we behaved well. Your daughter, Malvina. Babi Yar was only one of the many tragic, horrific events during the Holocaust. It is important to keep sharing these events and to determine never again. We cannot change the past, but we can make changes in the present and for the future. Sadly, there are still Jewish people in the world today who suffer from anti-Semitism. Ezra International is helping Jewish people from four corners of the earth return to Israel, a place where they can live freely as Jews. Will you help us in this task? Will you help us in this task? That's what this program is made for, to help raise awareness of the plight of the Jewish people still today. I've been to Ukraine many, many times, and I've stood by those uh, 
trenches that still exist in Babiar. They may be overgrown, but the memory exists, and the blood of the Jewish people slaughtered there is crying out to God. Uh, I told you in my episode, Babiar, that it was here that motivated me to adopt the words of Imri Bathory, a righteous Gentile, who said, when I stand before God on Judgment Day, I will not be asked the question posed to Cain, where were you when your brother's blood was crying out to God? You know, it was also in my uh, often trips to Ukraine that I met many of our representatives over the years. Our representatives doing this work today, they are the righteous Gentiles of today. They are doing the work on the ground uh, that uh, we are helping support. Uh, my job mostly is to raise funds for them, but they do the work every day, day in and day out, tirelessly, and um, you know, w- they, without complaining. Uh, they're not. They they don't feel themselves as heroes. They're just doing uh, what I call uh, the 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 miraculous within the mundane. Um, because they're helping Jewish people uh, with their documents and with transportation and uh, all these things uh, add up to saving lives, getting them out of harm's way, getting them out of anti-Semitic countries and home to Israel. I, as I said, this, this is the most practical thing that we can do. It is the best way of say, making never again a reality and not just a slogan. Also in my travels, uh, I had an opportunity to go to Poland and visit Auschwitz-Birkenau. As you can see on the screen right now, pictures of this camp. Uh, I flew into Warsaw and took the train down to Krakow. And one of the things that I immediately began, uh, became very aware of, conscious of, was this uh, railway path, at least, maybe not the original tracks, but this pathway was uh, the same pathway that potentially tens of thousands of Jewish people rode the last time of their lives. They rode to their deaths uh, heading toward this extermination camp. And um, something that happened on the way down and repeated itself in a more dramatic fashion on the way back was the sound of those rail joints as the train passed over them, uh, bum, 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 just seared into my memory uh, as I listened to them, as I contemplated the journey that I was on. And I'll come back to that uh, in a moment. Uh, as I arrived uh, in Krakow, we spent the night and then drove out to the camp the next day. And um, when we pulled up to the camp, uh, I did not expect to see tour buses at this camp. You know, I wasn't thinking tourist attraction. But of course, the camp is there and preserved for the reason of getting people there and making them aware of, of the events that happened there. And uh, after I, I got over the shock of seeing tour, tour buses, began to make observations, and, and it was young people getting off of the, of the buses. They were on a school field trip, teenagers. Uh, very good place to be educated. Um, initially, these young people were laughing and talking loudly and joking around. Um, 
not fully, I think, comprehending where they were and what they were about to experience, that quickly changed as they entered into the camp. Uh, and especially as I, I walked by myself through the camp and would, was observing a lot of things, but one of the things I was observing was their, the young people's reaction. And as they got back toward the back of the camp to the ruins of the um, gas chambers, the mood uh, became uh, quite decidedly somber and um, uh, almost reverent, and rightly so. Uh, things changed. Uh, the, the, the young people were hearing what had gone on in, the, in this place, and um, it was making an impact. And I wish that all of our young people could could uh, experience this so they would understand not to take things for granted and also to understand the uh the severity uh of of um in the reality of what happened here um the fact that human beings are capable of such things and the fact that it is necessary that people like us not only speak up but do something about this type of atrocity if it were ever to happen again but especially the fact that we can prevent it from happening again by by getting jewish people home to israel uh, one of the things that i observed as i walked into the camp was the the size it was enormous um, it it was you know inescapable that the, the, this was premeditated. The reality, it was premeditated. You know, I've heard people, uh, apologists for Adolf Hitler saying he had no choice. He was forced into it because no other country would take the Jewish people. Uh, I don't buy that. I, Adolf Hitler knew by the fact that no other country would take Jewish people is that nobody cared. And it just confirmed what his, that, that he could get away with the plans that he had, plans that, that were in the making for many, many years prior to these events. And the, the sheer size, uh, just it was inescapable that this, this, these events were so premeditated. Um, you know, unlike Babiar, where it was crude, so to speak, they were, they were pits and, and, and uh, tragically, human beings were, were slaughtered by machine gun fire there. Um, but where, whereas Auschwitz and Birkenau, this was a, a well-oiled machine, a executing machine. Uh, everything in this camp was set up for if you weren't working, uh, of course, you know, you, there was crude accommodations, plywood benches that people would lay on, crowded, packed into them. Uh, but they were most of them would end up going to their death um, and and the gas chambers and then later you had the the crematoriums um, this this was this was a this was hum, humanity at its worst and uh, as I traveled from Auschwitz over to the the camp next door Birkenau as you can see the gate there that says in German uh, work will make you free. Uh, the the ruse was kept up to the very end for most of the Jewish people who thought that they were just prisoners who were going to work their way through the war. Um, many, most, did not know that they were going to die, uh, at least initially. And um, as I walked through those buildings that are still well, very well preserved, 
I found the the remains, the the belongings to the the uh, almost a million Jewish people who who died in this camp. The suitcases, um, eyeglasses, the shoes, especially the children's shoes. They they just jump out at me as as I, I looked into that window and saw. Uh, that, that thousands upon thousands of shoes piled on top of one another and those little tiny shoes of the children who, who perished there. And then the human hair that had been collected from men, women, and children. Uh, I, I, I had a visceral reaction. I, at, at, at one point, I just couldn't, I could no longer stay in these buildings. I had to get outside. I couldn't breathe anymore. Um, this stands as a stark reminder of the brutality, the horrific uh, events that, that took place here. And uh, I did not need any more motivation to do what I do. But the, uh, the level of motivation, the extra motivation that I left there with uh, will carry me for the rest of my life. Um, I, I again, I was already motivated to do what we do to help our our representatives and our volunteers to that are hands-on helping Jewish people escape anti-Semitism, to to make you our audience aware of these things. Uh, that that is that is what I will do uh, for the rest of my life, so that you too have an opportunity to help to join in this work uh, to, to, to get Jewish people out of harm's way. When I returned onto those railroad tracks on my way home, I told you I would return to this story. Uh, I left the camp uh, very emotional, having experienced all that, what I, what I saw there, what I felt there. Uh, I, 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 boarded that train and we headed back to Warsaw and once again as I closed my eyes with emotions raw and my memory uh, still very 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 raw uh, of what I saw I heard that sound boom 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 of the railroad tracks and it 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 stayed with me it stayed with me to this day but especially as I got home and I found myself a few days later attending our district council, uh, the, the council, the yearly meeting of the movement that I belong to here in the state of Florida. And uh, as usual, as I had grown to expect, not one word was spoken during that, those days' events of the obligation that we as Gentile Christians have to our Jewish brothers and sisters. The obligation that Paul spoke of is saying that, you know, they've given so much to us spiritually that we owe them with our material goods. They've given us the word of God. They've given us our Messiah. And they paid a dear price, a tragic price for being the people of God, the chosen people. And uh, I began to get frustrated and it became emotional once again. And as we broke uh, from the business and began a time of praise and worship, I closed my eyes to contemplate these things 
because believe me, I have tried to, to get the attention of my peers and, and leadership. In fact, I even wrote our district superintendent um, after this event and did not receive a response from my letter. But as I closed my eyes and listened to the music start to play, the praise song went into this very repetitive uh, refrain. And then the, and the drums were bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum. And I, 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 almost, I almost began to weep thinking, are we doing it again? Are we turning up the sound of the music to drown out the voices as those in the 40s did in the churches, as those trains went by their churches didn't, and, and they sang louder to drown out the voices of Jewish people crying out for help. And there was almost no one who came to their aid. You see, Christianity had been conditioned. The Christians of Europe had been conditioned by the teachings of the fathers of the faith, so-called. And it's not just the Catholic faith and the Catholic fathers who, who, were, who taught replacement theology and were very anti-Semitic. The Protestant world is also culpable. You see, Martin Luther became a vehement anti-Semite, and his book, The Jews and Their Lies, uh, again, conditioned all of Europe for 400 years prior to the Holocaust with words like the Jewish people should not be allowed, the rabbis should not be allowed to teach and their books should be burned and their synagogues destroyed, burned, and what doesn't burn, bury. And that they, the Jewish people should be forced to work by the sweat of their brow. Well, those practices went into full swing in the Holocaust. Hitler and the Nazis put this into practice uh, every word of uh, Martin Luther's uh, anti-Semitic words were put into practice, deadly practice during the Holocaust. And so I'm here to say our generation needs to be different. Our generation needs to make a difference. And we need to hear those words never again, not as a slogan, but as a call to action. God bless you and shalom.